Hey, coming at you from the chemical shed here uh, with Integrated Ag Solutions, Mike Evans and Stephanie Zlinko with AgroLiquid. We're going to delve into this thing that I know that agricultural people think about all the time. Geographical differences, which then of course bring into uh, climatological differences and how we farm. And Stephanie and Mike, both agronomic people are going to say, nope, it's all about the soil. Because I've already posed like 11 questions before we started recording this saying, all right, we've met down there at Matt Miles in the Delta region of Arkansas, you and me and your gal Molly with your company, and we, we looked at stuff. There's flood irrigation going on. The soil is so sandy. It's flat as a pancake. Here we are in Western Iowa. Well, what, 800 miles further north, 600 miles north, I don't know. It's colder, it gets hard winter, the fields are slopey, the soil types are tremendously different, and you're saying, yeah, but when it comes to chemical selection, input selection, it's all still about the soil. Help me out here. You're right, it doesn't really matter what crop we're growing, so it could be peanuts, cotton, soybeans, corn, it matters what the soil is. And knowing what's in your soil and being able to work with an agronomist that understands that to come up with the correct nutrients to apply those to make sure we're getting that best response for the crop. All right, Mike Evans, you've been to some of these other places that we're talking about. Uh, you know, Extreme Ag, we've got North Carolina represented, we've got Northern Alabama, we've got the Delta region of Arkansas, we've got a harsh part of South Dakota up there with Lee Lubbers, <laughs> and we've got this place right here. Yeah, you're a soils guy and you obviously know about all the chemistry and the biologicals and the inputs, but you got to admit there's a bunch of differences geographically, even though she keeps saying, no, bring it back to the soil. What's your thought? Well, yeah, it always comes back to the soil. I mean, even here in Western Iowa, you know, I live in Carroll, Iowa and drive to Denison, Iowa, basically. And that 40 minute drive, there's three different types of soil there. I mean, really soil structures that you can drive through. In there's there. probably multiple, there's probably a dozen types of soils, right? Yeah. Soil types, but, then, uh, but different landscapes, topography, you know, Kelly over here in the Lust Hills, you know, Lust Hills is, there's really only one or two places in the world that have this soil structure here in China. So it's completely different from where if you go into Ames, Iowa, which is in the Des Moines lobe soil, which is a completely different thing. So yeah, the soil, is very different. It can, even from here, even from here to Des Moines, which is only a two-hour drive, yep. there's going to be a huge variation. That's because of glaciation. It's because of the way the deposits were. Is that what we're talking yep. about? Yep. All right. But the weather has to matter. Uh, it was a. I think it might have been a hundred the last time morning. I saw you. We were in. We were in. <laughs> we were in North Alabama at Chad Henderson's place, and I think it might have been a hundred degrees in the shade. Uh, the last time I saw you, and we're out there. You being a Michigan person, me being a Northern Indiana person, I'm like, yeah, we know heat, but good God. This, you could die out here. Yes. And you're telling me that that's not a major factor in what you're going to recommend based on, uh, you know, to get a, a yield? It's not about the weather? Absolutely, it's a factor. And it's a factor of what that extreme temperature and the difference in rainfall does to that soil. So again, it all goes back to the soil. Those hot temperatures changes the way that soil performs and what nutrients it can hold. All right. You have some weather issues here. We all do. You've had ratios. You got it gets down to ten below zero. I mean, we got all that stuff. What do you think happens differently here in the, the Less Hills, the western part of Iowa, versus the place we just said, Madison, Alabama? What's different? Granted, the soil is different, but also the, the growing conditions, etc. What do you think you're doing differently than Chad Henderson does? Well, as far as like the weather, uh, I mean, let's talk about everything from soil to weather to. You well, name it. Yeah, the weather, I mean, we get temperature swings. I mean, right, two days ago was 105, 106 heat index here. 
and this morning was 59 degrees, nice cool morning. Mm -hmm. So we get those a lot more swings in temperatures, especially mm -hmm. in the spring. You know, the 2021 April was probably one of the warmer, more drier ones we had. This year was the third coldest on record. Mm -hmm. So we deal with a little more extreme weather. Probably not as extreme as Lee deals with out there, but we deal with it quite a bit here. So, all right, bringing it back to the soil, you say, all right, we all have to adjust for weather, and you bring it back to soil. Tell me your, your rule of thumb, your rules of thumb, Stephanie, when it comes back to the soil. What's, what's in Saginaw County, Michigan, versus what's going on in, in North Carolina where Kevin farms, what do you think about when you think about this, the managing for the soil? The biggest difference probably is organic matter, and organic matter is again going to come back to those temperatures that if you have hot sun baking all the time, you're going to break away at that organic matter much quicker. Mm -hmm. Therefore, your soil has less holding capacity. So you have to spoon feed your nutrients more. You need to manage that a little bit more closely than you do in areas like around here, even back home that have higher organic matter. We have a better holding capacity in that soil. I honestly, and as much as I love the soils because I wanted to be an agronomist, I had never even thought about the organic matter holding for the chemical or the inputs. I mean, obviously always think about it, water retention is better and those kinds of things. Organic matter, you got lots of it here, right? Yeah, I mean, we range from about, oh, probably 3% to 5%, depending on where we're at. So it makes it a little easier for you than those poor people down there in uh, the Delta region, right? Well, yes and no, I mean. Well, Matt Miles and Chad Henderson tell Kelly Garrett, you could plant backwards in July and still get 200 <laughs> bushel corn. Is that accurate, Stephanie? It's all about management, and so not accurate. Um, Sorry, Chad. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> Not necessarily accurate, but, you know, again, it goes back to that management of what you do under those conditions you have. All right. So tell me what about managing for it. All right. We already know weather is going to be a factor. What else then? We're talking about spoon feeding in the south. Give me some other rules of thumb about managing for soil. In furrow applications, the sandier the soil, so the less organic matter, the less clay you have, the less you can safely put in furrow. So, so you, you don't do as much in furrow when you're in a sandier, low organic matter situation because the in furrow, the product just won't stick around? It won't stick around and it can also cause some stand reduction just because it, that soil doesn't have enough buffering capacity with it. Two by two, something I never even knew about until I joined Extreme Ag where you're putting stuff, uh, you're putting at time of planting, you're putting inputs two inches away and two inches down next to the seed, or just away from the seed. Can we do that in those environments? Yes, much safer to put it away from the seed so you don't have that seedling injury. In, in low organic matter, so if we are in, if like our friends in the south, if we are in low organic matter, sandier type soils where it's hotter, etc., two by two is better than in furrow for at time of planting nutrients. Yes. Okay. Fungicides, do we, and I know you're not a fungicide gal with agroliquid, uh, does that matter based on soil? I think it does matter because it has to do with what disease you can get in there in the soil um, and what that tolerance of those crops are. So all of your management practices, whether it's weed control, fungicide, insecticides are going to vary based upon those conditions. Mr. Evans, give me a couple of things that you do that you know that various other parts of the country could not do or should not do based on soil, not soil type, but soil characteristics, as you would say. Well, that's a good question. Um, you know, we probably a little more on in furrow than like say Chad and yeah, Matt right, would do right, right. because of our capacity to hold. So we'll put a little bit higher rates on for that reason. Um, and the two by two, we probably do a little different concoctions in the two by two as far as fertility and stuff than other parts of the world mm -hmm. because of our soils and mm -hmm. what they have. Probably nitrogen rates, you know, they can probably get away with much higher nitrogen rates in a single pass than a sandier soil can. Is that accurate? Yeah. Okay, so how much? Are we talking, you're using double? You're using 10% more or you're using 100% more? Oh, 
it varies between operation. You know, here at Kelly's, we're probably putting on 12, 15 gallon, up to 20 in some spots. Uh, we got a customer north of here with probably organic matters in the four to six range, and he's putting on 40, 50 gallons of nitrogen on with his planter. So, you know, he's. And that means he's got, that means that that person has to put on less three a month down the road, two months down the road, because yeah. it actually has holding capacity. Yep. And they definitely, our boys down in the south can't do that. They cannot do that, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, with this in mind, we know there's different soil types, Stephanie. Where are folks wasting money where it's like, hey, I think it's cool you're trying, but your soil does not support your practice. You are wasting your money. Give me some examples. So I don't like saying guys are ever wasting money. Well, because you're in the business of selling inputs. You say right. sell, 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 right? Right, but if they have found a practice that works for them, mm -hmm. then they're not wasting money. And so that's what I always go back to. There's probably applications guys are making because they've seen some high yield guy or they saw Kelly do it that they think it's gonna be successful for them. But you need to try it on your own farm, your own location first to make sure that that practice is going to work for you instead of switching 100% of your acres over. And so there's lots of products out in the market. A lot of them have fits, but they don't have fit everywhere. So it's testing to make sure that you're getting a good return for that product you're applying. Can you give me an example that you've learned, Mike, here, here at Landing Cattle or in your business with Integrated Ag Solutions? Have you looked back and said, you know, based on our soil characteristics, we were using a product that we didn't get as much return on it because we were misapplying it. We didn't, we used it unnecessarily. Yeah, we, you know, last year we put some potassium in the two by two and this year we took it out because looking at the soils and some of the studies we did last year, we just realized we needed that more late season. So we're going to move that dollar to late season, take it out of there because it just wasn't probably as profitable as it needed to be in that, that application. What's something that you, though, do use and you absolutely get a bang for your buck on it that maybe people with lighter soils or in different climatological zones, what do you think you're getting bang for your buck on that they would not? Um, one big thing that we've done is humic acid and like a, you know, humic acid on the planter mm -hmm. in the two by two is a, a must. Okay, so can our friends down in the south, can we keep using that example, and that's only because you and I have done videos just like this at Kevin Matthews in North Carolina, very different soils and very different climatological issues than we have right here in Northwest Iowa, and we've been at Madison, Alabama, we've been in the Delta region. What do you think works here that doesn't work there that you should be using? Well, we've done the humics and the fulvic acids down there pretty successfully, so I think those you know, have a wider span of success. Um, some things, you know, the calcium-potassium combination product we're using down in the south is specifically made for those southeastern soils, those sandier soils that have low potassium and low calcium. You know, their potassium levels are pretty good here, so, so they wouldn't need that, that. That's something that you'd say, don't use it they don't here, here, but you use it down there. Anything else? You know, there's lots of nutrients you can go through again, very specific to that soil test. So it could even be two different fields in the south. If you're looking at those soil tests, figure out what nutrients low and then address that nutrient need. <clears throat> Last thought, geography versus soil. You are obviously all about go about the soil, but obviously you make adjustments for both. What's your what's your last recommendation for the person watching here? That's like they, they'll I'm guessing make excuses. Either they don't have the right soil or they don't have the right weather because that's what everybody does. Right. Yeah. Well, if I had your soils, I would do this. I plant backwards in July. Anyway, everybody's got one or the other. What's your go to? What's your thought? What's your what's your final on this? Well, we can't change the weather no matter where we're at. Okay. We can't predict the weather, right? right. So we just got to manage through it. But the soil is. The soil. The soil's there. So I recommend everybody to test and test frequently. You know, 
We used to do a lot of grid sampling, but there's a lot of other tests out there today that are probably a little more informative about your soils encompassing. You know, we use Next Level Ag up in South Dakota with their indicator test to get a better grip on what's going on. Sure, and we're not talking even about soil biology, like where you're really not just testing for the nutrients that are in, you're talking yeah. about biology. Your last go-to, soil versus geography, and your thoughts that you'd tell anybody. So the same as Mike, you know, take those soil tests, but one step further is work with somebody that understands that soil test. But you need to have a good understanding yourself because, you know, you need to know you can trust that person you're working with. So get a general understanding of soil tests. There's videos and things out there that can help get that basic understanding and then work with someone that can actually solve those questions for you. She was reluctant to give a pitch, but I will for her. Her company, AgroLiquid, has a thing called Back to Basics, and it's pretty cool because it's very short videos and it's all about interpreting your soils because that was one of the big things, Back to Basics. Let's start with the soil. And your company produced all those videos. Informative, helpful stuff. You can find that if you go to the agroliquid.com uh, uh, website, right? Yep. Yeah, it's called Back to Basics, so it's also a great way to talk. The point is, we know you got geogra geographical issues, and we're going to make a few different adjustments, but we're really not doing that because of your geography. We're doing it because of your... Your soil. Got it. Mike Evans and, <laughs> and Stephanie Zelenko. I'm Damian Mason coming at you from the Chemical Shed here in western Iowa. Start with the soil. Don't blame the geography. Till next time, extremeag.farm for more cool stuff like this.